Hello, I'm Gerald Sanders, and welcome to the Unwrinkled Podcast, bringing clarity where there is none. The United States Constitution grants to every citizen due process of law. Due process is the right to stand before a court of law and defend against allegations that are made against you. Police killings, known as extrajudicial killings because they occur without benefit of a trial, deny victims of their right to due process. In America, land of the free and home of the brave, extrajudicial killings by police officers occur daily without cause or consequence, especially involving Black Americans. Some estimate that a Black person is killed by a law enforcement officer every 92 hours. Others argue that the rate is far more frequent. But without a reliable data source, how can we know? In recent years, Black Americans and their allies have railed against the nonstop killing of Black Americans. They have sought to remind this nation of the sanctity of all life in the form of a simple pronouncement, Black Lives Matter. The mere acknowledgement that Black Lives Matter has been a major point of national contention. It's been a rallying point for millions of Americans who abhor the unjustified killing of Black Americans. And it's been rejected with disdain by those who embrace America's police state in its current form. But George Floyd's death changed America. Millions of Americans who once loathed the mantra Black Lives Matter are now among the chorus. Film critic Noah Berlatsky during his review of the movie 12 Years a Slave, offered some interesting insights that just might help explain why so many are now willing to acknowledge and embrace Black Lives Matter. The movie 12 Years a Slave depicted a mostly true account of Solomon Northrup, a Black free man who was sold into slavery after being abducted from Washington, D.C. in 1841 by two white con man. In his review of the movie, Berlatsky notes that the director of the movie deterred from the facts of the biography on which the movie was based in order to completely portray the horrors of slavery. Berlatsky goes on to make a distinction between truth in literary works, which is making the narrative believable, and accuracy in literary works, which is staying true to the facts. He emphasizes that facts alone do not necessarily convey the truth of an experience. We can't actually witness American slavery on film or in a book, Berlatsky says. You can only experience slavery by experiencing it. Perhaps it was this phenomenon of which Berlatsky spoke, 
the inability of many white Americans to experience the injustice of police brutality without having experienced it, that accounted for such widespread pushback for years against the phrase, Black Lives Matter. But on the day George Floyd died, all of that changed. On that day, Americans of all races and creeds experienced America's policing system in its most degraded and racist form and no amount of twisting and reconfiguring facts by police officers could explain away the horrific acts we all witnessed perpetrated upon George Floyd. Millions of us watched as footage of George's murder streamed across our television screens. We experienced with George every one of the 466 seconds that culminated in his death. We experienced George shackled and pinned to the ground, helpless and unable to fight back. We experienced police officer Derek Chauvin cavalierly bearing down on George's neck with the full weight of his body, hands in his pocket, and a smug look on his face. We experienced George's calls for his dead mother while what appeared to be George's urine flowed down the pavement underneath Chauvin's police car. On that day, Derek Chauvin flung the inhumanity of police brutality into our faces, and he made police brutality against blacks believable to all who refused to turn their head and look away. Scores of Americans of all races took to the streets in protest amid chants that black lives matter. Our collective outrage as a nation reached a fevered pitch. There was no doubt that George Floyd's death had changed America, but had his death changed America enough? Like so many, I hoped, as I'd hoped in the past, that this nation's political leaders would meet our outrage over George Floyd's death with sweeping policing policy changes. But they didn't, leaving me even more convinced than ever that the onus ultimately rests with the people of this nation to bring effective policing policy to light. Nearly six years ago, following the killing of Michael Brown, I began to surmise that politicians were simply not inclined to deliver the fundamental policing changes Americans so desperately need and want. It was during that time that I stood in a library room before a small group of virtual strangers I had met during the Ferguson protests. I taped a large sheet of blank paper to a whiteboard and declared that we, the people, were going to fix America's policing problem once and for all. Not one person in that room expressed doubt or questioned if the goal I announced was attainable. Week after week, the dedicated group returned to that same library room for updates on my findings and to hear about next steps. A year later, we launched the nonprofit Onus Inc. and unveiled a sweeping national policing policy on a conference call that was attended by people from across the nation. 
In the months and years that followed, we continued to make our policing policy known via media interviews, presentations at colleges and conventions, and visits to countless cities. We also traveled to Washington, D.C., where we met with congressional members in search for one who would sponsor our legislative proposal. Some declined and spoke of the power of the police unions, while others offered to act as co-sponsors but not sponsors. One member expressed deep interest but first wanted to know if we had shared the proposal with anyone else. Day by day, we continue working to bring the policing policy we named the Uniform Reporting Law Enforcement Improvement Act, short name the Equality in Policing Act, to the national forefront. Because the Republicans' policing bill falls short, and so does the Democrats' bill that goes by George Floyd's name. We need policing policy that has as its core tenets an obligation to preserve life and prevent injury during the policing process, nationwide policing standards that ensure policing is the same in every community across the nation, and a data collection component that captures and reports daily on the individual actions of police officers so that problem officers can be quickly identified and removed from duty. The policing proposal developed by We the People has all that we need and so much more. There is no doubt that George Floyd never intended to forfeit his life in order to give to us the opportunity for change but he did. Now is the time to take hold of George Floyd's incalculable gift. Learn more by visiting changeisonus.org.